This week, we talk about a new Steam Deck competitor coming. Not just one, but two potential Xbox games coming to other platforms. A new Portal 2 prequel being released. The upcoming Xbox Developer Direct, and more. All of this tonight, but first, on to that beautiful Bean intro. Welcome to the place where PC and console gaming talk combine. This is the Orange Box Podcast, episode 14. I am your host, the man whose likeness was used in Dark Souls for Smaug, Nathan, also known as the Frozen Gamer 87. And joining me as always, the man whose, at the time, future likeness was used for Jacob from Mass Effect 2, Justin, <laughs> better known as I am Zarakon. How you doing today? I'm doing quite well. It it, it it was a little crazy uh, yesterday. We we received some nasty rain and some uh, winds over here, and uh, it, it made it interesting because of the fact that uh, I was leaving my office, and I don't normally even bring an umbrella with me when it's raining. But I just thought it's I've got to walk for 20 minutes. I might as well just bring an umbrella instead of just wearing my coat. I didn't even make it to the corner, and the wind just messed up my umbrella completely. And I was like, well, there's that. So uh, that was interesting. And I, I mean, got back, uh, took me a while to dry off when I got home, but it, 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 wasn't, too, it wasn't too bad, I should say. Um, but yeah, it's been a pretty relatively calm week still, though. That's good. Yeah, my, my week's been um, interesting. I mean, I guess for the most part, it was, you know, just getting back into the swing of everything and um, got kind of sick over the weekend. It's weird because I, I really don't get sick that much anymore. Like, usually it's once or twice a year on average. And even when I'm sick, it's basically just like an extremely mild cold where it's just basically I have an irritated throat. And maybe some sinus issues and that's about it and so like I had that most of the weekend through I, ba- I guess basically Monday part of the day into Tuesday but um I mean yeah I'm, I'm basically over it now and I think that's the first time I've been sick since maybe April of last year I want to say. I mean, I'm not positive on that because it's it just it's so infrequent and it's so mild every time that I don't even remember. But yeah, so there's that. But there's been plenty of gaming over the past week and all that. So, um, what have you been playing over the past week? So I started this little indie game. Some people may have heard of it. Some people may not have heard of it. It's called a. Uh... Marvel Spider-Man, something like that. <laughs> um, this this game, I'll be honest, I'm enjoying it. I'm I'm really enjoying it so far. Um, haven't gotten too far into the game, and partially just because I've just been exploring New York, mm-hmm. and but st- but still, it just I think it's pretty fun. I know that people say that it revolutionized web swinging in the Spider-Man games. I don't personally see it, but I do think it's still fun. I do 
like the fact that you can still say um do sort of i guess uh zip not zip line but sort of like that propel, propelling yourself while you're swinging if you're mm -hmm. trying to just get uh in a certain direction and get there fast sort of similar to and i'm gonna be making a couple of comparisons to the uh grapnel accelerator in the arkham games something like that and another comparison which kind of messed me up is the fact that i'm trying to adjust to using in this case the circle to dodge whereas within say an arkham game you would be using triangle to dodge so that kind of th threw me off for a while there but i think the combat's pretty good um i definitely think that i also really enjoy spider-man's banter with a uh, mm -hmm. captain watanabe i, I yeah. think it's really great and i enjoy that so, so far um i want to get back into it some more I only stopped just because for some reason I've been having some issues with my computer mm. and I need to see. I saw one light on that based on what I was looking online, it signified that the RAM is dead. Mm. Uh, I took it out, reinserted it, but it seemed to work, but sometimes it still freezes and I don't get the light. So mm. I'll see what the problem is before I make any big changes there. Um, but other games that I've played, so I went back to Batman Arkham Origins, not for the DLC, but to get into the, uh, go back to some of the gameplay for finishing up some of the uh, Riddler data packs mm -hmm. for the game, and so I cleared all that out. But the one problem I kind of have is, I don't know what happened, I cleared the last one and I got the actual Riddler trophy that you get at the end for doing all of the mm -hmm. that stuff. And the achievement didn't unlock for some reason, oh, man. and I was like, I was thinking, "Ouch!" Uh, well, like th that wasn't necessarily easy to get, but um, it it is what it is. Um, I, I mean, I did play a little bit more of the Code Code Heart DLC. I'll probably go back and finish that up because that's not necessarily too long. Um, I probably still probably have a couple more hours of that to go through, so I'll do that later. But that's what I've been doing there. And then the last game I played was Stardew Valley. Uh, I played it yesterday with some friends, and that actually was the perfect game to come back home and play after all that crazy weather yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, that was pretty fun. It was pretty good to relax and just play that away. And I even learned something in the game just uh, for personal, going back for my personal uh, game file is that I can actually stack certain items, so that way if I'm doing some exploring, I don't necessarily have to worry about, oh, I need to manually craft this whenever I need to craft an item. I can actually just stack them on top of each other and not have to worry about them taking up inventory space. So that was nice to know. So that was that. That was good. So that's pretty much what I've been playing. Now, how many hours do you have in Stardew Valley before you figured that out? Oh, gosh. I, I, I think that was 300 and... 20-ish, something like that. Always love it when that happens. You, you you figure something out that far, and you're like, man, <laughs> I wish I had known this 300 hours ago. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. That, I mean, I'm glad I know it now, but uh, it definitely would have been nice to know a whole lot earlier. In fact, it could have done... I could have used that on two different save files <laughs> earlier. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah. 
I can't think of any particular examples of things like that where, you know, I learned something really late, but I definitely have learned some things late. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I can't think of specific examples. I guess there was something I, I learned in Metal Gear Solid 5, um, like, just today, after 150-plus hours in the game. Um, and it's it's a fairly small thing, but it still helps. It's just like a basically a trick to unlock when you're picking locks to do it faster. It's huh, yeah. But anyway, uh, speaking of, <laughs> that is the only game I've been playing over the past week. So, um, one of the things that I spent a lot of time doing was basically just going through primarily previous missions that I had already completed and just cleaning up the additional objectives and um, and or completing them faster so that I could get S rank. Um, in some cases, if you complete all of the objectives in a mission, even if it takes you a little bit longer, you can still get S rank. So um, I've, I've been doing that a lot, but there's one particular mission uh, where you fight one of the bosses who, who later becomes like a... Um, a buddy who can join you basically someone who can join you on missions and um she is uh, she's a sniper and she can i mean like after you hit her she like basically can disappear and like move around the map and stuff it just i'm not going to try to explain the exact lore behind it because some of it <laughs> is kind of like okay it's it's consistent with kojima and then other other aspects of it it's just like Really, Kojima, that's your explanation for why she's wearing almost nothing. <laughs> um, but so, so like, I initially I was trying to do the extreme version of her fight, which is one of the missions that's, like, towards the end. And in that extreme version, if you get hit by her even once, you're dead. So... And, and it's the way the level starts off, she's, like, way off probably two three hundred meters away from you and um the way i had been trying to do it initially was thinking okay sneak slow stay low hidden behind obstacles that so you can't see me i found a different strategy out which i don't know why i never thought of this but the alternate strategy is that instead of trying to crawl slowly and stay behind obstacles you basically just run out into the open, more or less, just not in a straight line. So you're not, like, running directly towards her because then it would be really easy for her to hit you. But if you're running off to, like, the side and then you just keep moving, she can't she can't hit you uh, very easily. Just like if you're trying to snipe someone from far away, when they're moving, they're, a moving target's much harder to hit. Um, so... It took me a bunch of tries. There, there's like kind of a cheese method you can use technically for the extreme version, but it didn't really work for me because she wouldn't go to the location she needed to go to, and um, so so just kind of explain a little more of what it is that you're supposed to do in order to complete all the objectives. You have to defeat her with non-lethal means, which I've already done previously. Uh, you don't kill her when you have the chance at the very end, which I've already done. Um, but then you also have to finish her off with, uh, without using a weapon. So you, you, you have to like either punch or kick her or um, 
use something that is um well re really it's it's basically those it's like doing those or there's like um additional drops like you can have the helicopter drop supplies or something like that but the the supply trick doesn't work on the extreme version because when when it comes she moves before it can before it can hit her um but there's in the extreme version, you know, your attacks don't do a whole lot of damage. So you can use, like, stun grenades, sleep grenades, um, things like that, that will do a little bit of damage. Um, there's this great attack that you can get if you have the level 4 version, one of the level 4 versions of Prosthetic Hand. Um, it basically, like, it spins the hand until it builds up enough of an electric charge to where you basically just shoot your hand up in the air and then lightning comes down on all enemies <laughs> within 45 meters and you can use that on her um, i mean it does like maybe i think a quarter of her of her stamina bar when you use that um but uh you know though the thing is is that the second you hit her then she runs off and, and it's you know it takes a while to get to find her again and even when you find her you still have to be moving in such a way that she's not going to be able to shoot you because if she shoots you, you're dead. So, um, eventually, I'm trying to think. I mean, like, like there was a number of times I was able to get her down to just a sliver of health to the point where basically, um, if I used anything like a stun grenade or anything else on her, she'd be done. But then I wouldn't get that particular um, objective completed. So, I had initially beaten her using other methods but the methods i used were still technically weapons and so it didn't count and so i had to redo the fight which was really annoying in order to actually get that last objective and then it took me a bunch of tries because even times when i would get close enough to actually melee her i'd miss and then she'd either run off or she'd turn and shoot me and so it would just it took a bunch of tries eventually i finally got it but then i went back to the early ver the original version of her fight she goes down so much easier but the problem <laughs> is that actually makes it a little bit too easy because uh basically uh she she can go down in two hits without a problem the issue though is that if you don't hit her with a melee or something similar i mean you have something that is not a weapon then you don't get that particular objective completed so I ended up having to redo that several times before I was finally able to um, pull it off. And what I ended up having to do was just using the cheese method of calling in a supply drop on her head. So I call in the supply drop, have them drop it right on top of her head. And if she, you, you only have to hit her a couple times and then she gets knocked out and it counts as a non-weapon kill. So... <laughs> anyway there was th there's that and i've you know been doing a bunch of the other side missions i think i've done one or two more of the story missions which haven't had anything super relevant story-wise but um they're you know leading up to stuff that's going to happen i don't know how many actual story missions i have left um but i think the total number of missions i have in the game right now are like 41 or something like that and there's a total of 50 some of which are just the replays, of the harder versions of older missions. So, anyway, I'm still having a blast with it. I I really love this game, and I'm I'm just gonna play it until I'm done. Um, I mean, my intention is to get every achievement in the game, and um, since it's actually doable, and because of how much I enjoy it. So, 
that is really the only thing I've been playing all week, as far as I can remember. Um, anything related to the um, OLED videos, the OLED comparison videos, is stuff I've already recorded. I might record something else this week, but it honestly just depends on whether I decide I want to stick with using some of my existing footage to put out my next video, or if I just want to record something else, because I'm kind of torn between whether I want to go ahead and put up Borderlands 2, which I already have the footage recorded for, or if I want to record something like Final Fantasy XII The Zodiac Age, or like Bioshock, or, you know, something like that. Uh, I mean, there's just... There's so many games, and thankfully these videos are all doing really well. Um, I think the lowest one I have right now is the most recent one, which is for Dissidia Duodecim, and it is, it, last I checked, it was just under 1,800 views, which for big creators, that's nothing, but for, for me, that's significant. So um, I think the highest one right now is at like 3.8 thousand or 3.6 thousand, something like that. So they're doing great. But yeah, that's pretty much been it. So, anything at all before we move into the news? No, sir. Alright. Um, oh, I did want to say with Spider-Man... Um, trying to think. Um, yeah, like, I, I, I think that's the only 3D Spider-Man I've actually ever played. Well, well oh, those really? those ones, because, like, I, I remember watching friends play, like, I think it was Maximum Carnage back on the Super Nintendo. I think that's what it was called, Maximum Carnage. Yeah. Um, and, um, I mean, I did briefly, recently try out that PSP version of Spider-Man 2, but otherwise, the the... Insomniac Spider-Man games are the only 3D ones I've actually played, and I'd be interested in checking out others. I just, I just haven't. Um, but I, I always really liked the the swinging mechanics and stuff in those. I thought it was really smooth and really fun. And of course, you know, like you said, the banter between him and <laughs> and uh, Detective Watanabe. And um, I can't remember if I mentioned this to you or someone else, but the actors who play Peter and uh, the detective are actually married in real life. And, really? Um, huh. so, so the actor who plays Spider-Man is Yuri Lowenthal. And the actress who plays Yuri, uh, Yuri Watanabe, is, I believe her name is Tara Strong? I, I might be mixing her up with someone. I'm probably mixing up her name, and I... I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm wrong on that, but I know that they're married. I know that those two are married, which I think is funny. I mean, it explains part of why they have such great chemistry. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, because because the I mean, you, you know, Yuri Lowenthal is like in his 40s. So but he, he pulls off a, a great young voice. He's very convincing. And of course, you know, Spider Cop. <laughs> <laughs> Spider Cop gets right. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I, I think that the first Insomniac Spider-Man game and Miles Morales to a lesser ex well to a lesser extent in some senses I think the gameplay is a little better in Miles Morales but I think that 
as far as how the characters are written, they're both written really, really well. And, of course, obviously the first Spider-Man game has the terrible Mary Jane missions and the stealth missions for Miles, which are also terrible. But then, of course, they at least they redeem Miles' terrible uh, stealth missions in the first game by giving him his own game where he gets to be Spider-Man and have his own great powers, which honestly kind of put Peter to shame, which is a little too bad because it's like, ugh, why, why did they have to do that? Because it's like Miles felt so good to play as. His, his power, his Venom powers were really cool. But anyway, I, that that's all the more reason why I just despise what they did with the Spider-Man 2 so much is because I enjoyed the first games su such to such a great extent, despite some of the political nonsense that I just I hated. But most of it I really loved. And it's just what they did with Spider-Man 2 that I'm like, you know, I'm I'm done with with their Spider-Man games, unfortunately. But anyway, let's move on. So let's get into the news. So, first and foremost, MSI has put out, or rather they have revealed, their new handheld PC, which is going to be a competitor for the Steam Deck and other handheld PCs, called The Claw. The Claw! And it decides who will go and who will stay. Um, in all seriousness, um... It, this has been, I mean, they, they kind of like leaked it ahead and then they officially announced it at CES this week. And um, uh, I think it's Consumer Electronics Show, I believe is what it, what it, CES stands for. Um, it looks pretty cool. It's um, to, w w without getting into all of like the nitty gritty, at least on my end, um, <clears throat> It does, it is one of the, well, it's the first handheld so far that features an Intel-based GPU. And I think it might even be like an integrated, uh, where it's a combination of CPU and GPU in one. Um, but it has 120 hertz screen, 1080p display, um, 16 gigs of RAM, base model, it is, uh, has 512 gigs of, uh, 512 gigs, uh, I can't talk, solid state drive, same with the second model, and then the, the top end model is one terabyte. Sorry, my throat's dry. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it looks pretty cool. Of course, I'm not interested in buying one because I have a Steam Deck, I don't need one, but uh, why don't you go ahead and take it away and give me your thoughts on this? A uh, sure thing. I mean, like, the first thing that popped in my head was, this is great. Um, I think that having more gaming handheld PCs is good for the market because it encourages mm -hmm. a whole lot of competition. Yep. It allows the in entire mar market just to, uh, just to benefit from it because, I mean, I mentioned this before, how the fact that because of the Steam Deck and the uh, Asus ROG Ally, uh, the SSDs, that form factor that goes into those particular models, those were able to become more 
marketable, those were able to be more uh, mass, mass manufactured, and because of that, they were cheaper, and instead of, you know, getting 128 up to 512 gigabytes in Steam Decks, now we actually have a full terabyte available, instead of having to say, well, we'll buy a Steam Deck and then buy one terabyte uh, SSD online for maybe, say, about $120 uh, to, in to install ourselves, whereas now you can just buy one directly from Steam and get it right installed right off the bat. So I think that and other improvements are just going to make this a whole lot better for us. Uh, because of that, also, we're going to possibly even say get maybe even like the parts that are used to manufacture them, whether it's from AMD or Intel, uh, we might get better, you know, components might get better, uh, better stuff. So that way, because, hey, we'll develop more stuff. We can also sell to more people. And that might actually overall, maybe even bring down the prices overall of these handhelds. So instead of say paying, I mean, of course the Steam Deck can get as low as 400 even $300, <laughs> depending on, like, the model you're getting and if it's even, like, what type and without getting into that. Instead of saying paying, like, 800 you might even get a high end for about maybe 600 or maybe even $700. So I think doing that is really going to help everyone in the long run. Um, I know that there were a couple of people I've seen have doubts about the Claw just because it's using an Intel... Uh, Intel CPU and right. GPU. I, I think it, I think it actually could be fine considering the fact that the GPD win, and I could be wrong, but maybe the first two Aya Neos, those use Intel uh, CPUs integrated graphics, and oh. those worked pretty well. I know that for the GPD win Max. Two, I think I saw um, that one was able to run Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order at medium to lowish settings, and it was able to get, I think, somewhere between 30 and 40 frames per second. Mm. Um, and considering this is a newer, a, new, a newer chip, this right. should this should possibly be able to do more than that um one criticism i have about this is the fact that well actually one thing i actually really applaud is the fact that it actually has 120 hertz display i mean mm -hmm. i think that's incredible um this one's the only handheld that i think has it i don't think any other handheld so far has it no the rog ally does and i believe that okay. the uh lenovo legion go might as well but i'm not positive on that okay um, but I think one thing that could possibly have helped for the battery life, which, I mean, to be fair, playing demanding games when any of the handhelds is going to drain the battery mm -hmm. fast, uh, but maybe capping it to maybe having a 720, I know some people might not like that, but I mean, just personally speaking, because it's a handheld, I think 720p is good enough. I think... Especially if you are having, say, higher graphical settings, I think it's fine. Um, I mean, uh, but I think that maybe could have helped uh, with the battery life. I don't know. Um, but I mean, for the most part, though, I think everything else seems pretty good. Um, 
but yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad that we are having this out. I'm glad we have another entry in the PC handheld space, and I highly welcome it. Absolutely, yeah. I'm, I'm very, very much in favor of all these PC handhelds that are coming out because it just gives consumers more choices. We all have more options of where we can, I mean, you know, what we can buy if people are more fans of, you know, trying out different things, going for something that's Intel, for example, which is definitely not the market leader when it comes to GPUs, at least. Um, you know, I, I think that's really cool. And of course, just having lots of options in general, you know, maybe some people just happen to like the MSI brand. Um, personally, the one time I had an MSI motherboard, it, it had serious problems and I ended up having to return it. Um, but that's not necessarily saying that their, their products are bad. I just, I had a bad luck on that particular situation. Mine, mine kept having hard, hard crashes and errors constantly. And once I switched over to, I think I'm back on an Asus motherboard, um, pretty sure that's what I'm on now then it, it went better actually you know what now that I think about it maybe I might actually have an MSI board right now <laughs> I don't know I, I like I know I originally started out with an Asus motherboard and then when I switched over oh wait no that's right okay so I started with an Asus motherboard in my original build then I got the MSI build, or the MSI motherboard when I had to, when I wanted to upgrade my uh, CPU because I needed new, um, because the CPU was not compatible with the type of RAM I had, so I had to upgrade my RAM and my motherboard in order to be able to use the new CPU, which I just needed. Um, and, but the MSI motherboard was faulty, and so it kept having issues I think I had for maybe like six months before I finally ended up returning it and getting a, a replacement for free. Um, and now I'm on an Asus ROG motherboard. So that's what I have right now. Anyway, uh, but yeah, going back to the this whole um, just having more competitors in this space, it's great because, like you said, drives the prices down, gives... Um, gives customers more options of different things that they can buy. And the other thing is, is that I think that the, that these handheld PCs are a perfect way to get people into PC gaming. Yes. To realize the benefits of it. Because, I mean, yes, I've been doing PC gaming, like, full on, probably since about 2010, when I got a laptop. And even though, you know, like I said, I, I did dissuade people from buying laptops <laughs> in general for PC gaming. Um, that's more just because the difference between how it was when I started versus how it is today when you can get a good handheld PC to get yourself started in that direction. And then if you find yourself enjoying having it, then you can move on to actually build a desktop later on, which I think is totally worth the trouble. But... Um, I think that this is a great way to get people in that space, especially people who really like things like the Switch and just handheld gaming in general. 
I'm a huge fan of handheld gaming. That is where I do probably the vast majority of my gaming because it's just that convenience factor that I've always liked, even since I was a kid. Um, you know, whether it was playing something like the Game Boy or Game Boy Advance or much later the DS and Vita or PSP and then the 3DS and the Vita and you know now the Steam Deck and it's just like or I mean you know the Switch and then the Steam Deck it's just it completely changed my ability to get into games and to complete them because you can play for a little bit you can put it in sleep mode and then come back to it right where you left off and um, that function in and of itself which I first experienced I think with the PSP was just a complete game changer for me um it really made such a difference in my ability to actually play games more often. Because even if I could only play for five minutes, you know, play for five minutes, turn it off, and then I don't have to go through the hassle of booting up the thing over again every time that I want to play something. I just pick it up, turn it on, and I'm right back where I left off. So, yeah, I think handheld PCs are a wonderful thing. And... Yeah, they're obviously underpowered compared to buying a laptop or building an actual desktop, but it's a much easier, cheaper barrier to entry for people, and sometimes it can be just what they need to get their feet wet before they dive full in, because I, I've known people who have spent you know, $2,500 on building a PC who are primarily console gamers, and they played for a little bit, and then they just gave up. They just, they just went back full on to just consoles and they said the PCs are too complicated and it's like, it's not too complicated. You're, the problem is that you're going into it with the wrong mindset. You're going into it thinking that you have to get the maximum out of everything, that you have to mess with everything in order to get it perfect. And it's like, no, most of the time, like 99% of the time, unless you're trying to play something old that's not designed for your operating system, you can start up a game and it will just play and you won't have any issues but if you want to go further and optimize it to your liking whether it's improving the uh, visuals at the cost of frame rate or improving frame rate at the cost of visuals or tweaking some settings here and there finding things that you can do it's like you have those options with the console you are stuck with however it is that the developer has put the game together. And even if you find that you don't like the fact that this game runs at 30 frames per second, you would rather have 60 and get a little bit worse on the visuals or have that happy medium of having 40, you don't have that option unless they give it to you. You're stuck with doing it the way that they want you to do it. And PCs just give you the option. Then, of course, there's also mods, which, once again, it's an option. You don't have to do them. I personally typically stay away from mods that, like, completely change the game, necessarily. But if they're, ga if they're mods that can just improve the gameplay, like, for example, an improved inventory mod for Starfield, which I have used, and I wish Bethesda had implemented that because it makes the inventory so much better. Or, you know, things that... Um, change certain graphical effects that are stuck on a game by default that you don't want in there or um, like certain filters 
a lot of these are Starfield ones specifically because that's where I've done the most modding. <laughs> or something like Final Fantasy VII where you can mod the game to where you can completely change it to where it's widescreen and you have better character models or you just have like more consistency across the board with how the characters' models look throughout the entire game and in the cutscenes and everything else. Or, you know, like the Metal Gear Solid ports that recently came out to PC, which you can now mod to where you can actually get above the 720p resolution that they were locked at. And you can get above 60 frames per second, at least I'm pretty sure you can get above 60. You can fix some other graphical issues and so on and so forth. Or you can just leave the game alone and play it exactly the way they released it. PC gaming is a wonderful thing, and it's just giving you more options, but you're not limited to having it just for gaming, unless you want it just for that. And in that case, that's why I would tell people, if you want to get into PC gaming and you don't want a machine that can do anything else, you don't care about the other functionality, just get a PC handheld and you'll be happy. Anyway, that's enough ranting about that. So, um, any other thoughts on the MSI Claw or no, PC no, no. handhelds? I think, I, I, I think it's great. <laughs> I think you also made a whole lot of good points there about that being a great way to get people into PC gaming. And in fact, I have a friend, uh, the Steam Deck is his entry into PC gaming and he's slowly getting into it starting to understand or learning how some stuff works mm. but you know it seems like it's something he can do as opposed to say if he had just started off on PC entirely right and you know I, I gotta make it clear like I don't have anything against consoles in terms of you know people choosing to go for consoles like i don't think of people as peasants or whatever just because they they like to play on consoles i still have consoles i still love consoles i'm just not i'm just at a point where like i'm done buying new consoles even the switch 2 like the only thing that might convince me is whenever they do an oled model because i'm pretty much expecting it's not going to be at launch but even that i'm just i'm not sure anymore like for all the things that I like about it, obviously the underpowered aspect, well, I mean, that bothers me to a degree. That doesn't bother me as much. But more than anything, it's just like I keep collecting these plastic boxes. Most of the ones I have are in boxes now. Plastic boxes in cardboard boxes now. <laughs> I mean, like, the only ones I still have out. I have my Switch out. I have my PS4 and PS3. Which I don't even use that much. I mean, the PS3 I use as a Blu-ray player primarily. That's what we use it like 99% of the time. Unless I actually happen to be playing a PS3 game. In which case, then I'll switch my PS3 over to my desk and put the PS4 over by the TV in my room to use as a Blu-ray player. But, um, and then like, um, and then just my handhelds. Like, so my Vita and my 3DS are the only other things I have out. Everything else... Every other console I have is either in a box or in a drawer. And I'm just tired of building up that stack of stuff that, for one, there's only so many games I can actually play. And I keep have keep getting to points where it's like, okay, I want to play this game for the previous gen. Nope, nope, I can't. It doesn't work on this. 
Whereas with PC, anything I want to play from all the previous years, with the exception of like some PS4 games, um, and to some degree with PS3 games, since the emulation on those is kind of rough for the most part, it's like, I can play those games. I can play a game, I don't have to worry about it not being compatible because usually there's a way to make it work. And a lot of times it's not even complicated. So, anyway, enough about that. Let's move on to the next topic. So, we have a rumor going around, maybe even a leak, and I, I would consider it more to be a leak, that Hi-Fi Rush is coming to the Nintendo Switch. And this comes from Nate the Hate, um, also known as Nate Drake on certain forums. I can't remember which forums he, he takes... He participates on um he has his own podcast nate the hate podcast which he does with modern vintage gamer he's also been um a frequent member um or a frequent part of the spawn cast uh, which is another very big youtube channel big uh, podcast that's been going on for many years and he has brought us previous rumors that have been, have turned out to be accurate so I definitely trust that he has good inside information, but who oh boy, those Xbox fanboys, <laughs> you know, I hardly ever address Xbox fanboys on here when I talk about fanboys because typically they're just, they're not, I mean, they're, they're not as bad as PlayStation fanboys in terms of how they react to things in general, but there's definitely still some examples, and I've come across a few, especially recently, especially with this with this story coming out, where they are either A, in complete denial about it, saying there's no way this is going to happen, and they're basically just giving the exact same arguments that PlayStation fanboys gave when it came to their games coming to PC, which obviously they ended up coming. I'm sure even some of these arguments may have been stuff that, that Xbox fans were saying about their games coming to PC before that started becoming <laughs> a normal thing. Um, but yeah, it's just like, they are super butthurt about this, and they do not like the fact that their games, that their games, could, their first party games, their new first party games that could, I mean, that are like, more unique like hi-fi rush could be coming to other platforms now i don't know if the rumor said anything about it potentially coming also to um to playstation but the switch i think makes perfect sense that it would be coming over there and considering nate the hates track record I'd say that this is pretty much guaranteed. Now, I will say, if it doesn't come to Switch, I don't really care. I mean, <laughs> I can play this on Steam and on Steam Deck very easily. And I've heard it runs well on Steam Deck as well. So it's like, if I want to play it, that's where I would probably play it. The only thing that might make me want to get it on Switch would be, one, a physical version, and two, uh, just to compare it to the, the Steam Deck version. Um, 
but yeah, so so I mean, on the, on the other side of the those who are in just complete denial about it, there's others who are just they they're just mad about about the idea of of Xbox bringing over their their first party games like this to other platforms. And you know, some of them are saying, "Oh, well, this isn't about this isn't about a console war thing, or anything like that. That this isn't." Um, I can't remember the words they, the phrasing that they use, but you know, saying, "Oh, this well, this isn't a console war thing. This is, you know, this is just setting a bad precedent." And then before you know it, all of our first party games are going to end up over on Nintendo and PlayStation. But it's like, well, you say it's not about consoles, but then you're mad <laughs> that it's coming to other consoles. I, I think you're telling on yourself here a little bit. So, anyway, what are your thoughts on this? Oh, man. Yeah, it's definitely been a while since Xbox fanboys have been this riled up over something. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, what was it? the rumor a couple years ago? Something, I think it was about some sort of rare game, uh, some sort of rare game being made for the Nintendo Switch or being ported over, something like that, and I remember they were, like, not happy about that happening, but I I almost want to say that this could go over, partially because of the fact that this is a game that I think would be good on the Switch, just because it is this unique kind of game, and just because also of the uh, visual art style, like the aesthetic, I think that's mm -hmm. something that fits on a Switch. Right. The only thing that I'm skeptical about is that I heard it is partially just because of performance, um, and I heard that something, and this is something I couldn't confirm, but uh, something I couldn't confirm is the fact that for Hi-Fi Rush, the game sort of needs to be at 60 FPS because otherwise if it's lower, say like at 30, the timing for actually trying to get your mm -hmm. inputs in suffer schmackly that it could almost be considered unplayable i can't confirm if that is part is actually true or not um but uh but but it but if it but i'm hoping that like that's something that the switch can overcome um i haven't played the game so i don't know necessarily know how demanding the game is um but i mean considering the uh, fact that it's you know sell shit a game i would imagine that helps with uh performance there mm -hmm. but uh, <laughs> why 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 is it so hard for people to enjoy a game that you enjoy um right i yeah. i mean it's one thing if for example people are trying to come in and say well we want you to change x y and z to make it more inclusive but if it's just for the fact that people just want to come and play the game and enjoy the game for the same reasons that you do there's nothing wrong with that like <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that the more people that can enjoy a game i think is great and it's sort of like going back to what we said before with um the handhelds the fact that more people get more choices is a great thing mm -hmm. so these fanboys just need to cope seat and mouth <laughs> because yeah. it, it's ridiculous yeah and I mean, I I hate this idea that somehow it your your somehow your purchase is devalued in your mind because of the fact that 
other people are going to have the option to play your game. And it's like, how? I mean, <laughs> you still got to play it. You still are able to play it. it. It's like, you know, I am very happy when I get to see games I love that have been on platforms I love get ported over to other platforms. Um, like, I can't think of specific examples off the top of my head, but I, I, I do remember that there were times where, like, a game started as exclusive for Nintendo platform, and yeah, so there, I mean, of course, in the past, I was very much a Nintendo fanboy, but games that were Nintendo exclusive initially got ported over to, to PC and to other platforms, and I'm just happy that people have the opportunity to play these games. Ha more people have the opportunity to play these fantastic games, and you know, right now it's, you know, w when it comes to the PC handhelds, like, I love the Steam Deck, particularly the Steam Deck OLED, but, I mean, both of them are fantastic. I know it's not the most powerful of the ones that are available, um, but I don't have a problem with other platforms being able to play those games. And yes, they're not exclusive, but, <laughs> um... Even so, it's just... People, you need to get past this whole plastic box worshipping mentality. Just enjoy your games. Enjoy your games and let other people enjoy them. And if more people get to play them, that's great. Because if you really enjoy the game, you should want more people to play it. Because the more people that play it, the more people that buy it, the more likely it is that you'll get to see more of these games. But the problem is that too many of these fanboys, what it's all about for them is being able to hold something over someone else and say, oh, my exclusives are better than your exclusives. I mean, it's just, it's stupid. It's stupid, and that's all there is to it, and I'm I'm sick and tired of it. But um, going further into this um, Xbox exclusives potentially coming over to other platforms... This one, I'm, I, I believe uh, Jeff Grubb is one of the people who, who brought this up. But Sea of Thieves is apparently going to be coming to PlayStation. And potentially some other live service titles. Um, I'm not sure if it's, if it's just one or if it's other games as well. I've heard Sea of, I mean, sea of Thieves is one of those where I've just been kind of like mixed on how much I'm interested in playing it. I do know that they recently put out an update that <clears throat> takes out the PvP elements, so you can you can play just basically on on private server. You can just play co-op with friends and that sort of thing, and not have to worry about other players. Um, and I think that's really cool. Makes me more interested in the game. But nevertheless, um, your thoughts? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that if something like this does get I think it's good for people again. You good? Yeah, yeah I'm fine. <laughs> um, I, I think this is again another case where more people that can play this game, the better. I feel though, I, I have a small feeling though that if this game actually does get ported over to PlayStation, fanboys who were criticizing Sea of Thieves will suddenly say, will suddenly be saying, 
hey, we've got your games now, but before you're saying that CFDs was trash. <laughs> um, I mean, granted, I never really had an interest of Sea of Thieves. Mm -hmm. I could still technically play it since it's on PC as well. Yeah. Don't really care. But these but these fanboys will still say, we have your games, even though you didn't necessarily want them to begin <laughs> with. Um, I mean, I, I definitely think, I mean, maybe the game has gotten better, especially with more improvements and updates. Um, but I, I think that the idea definitely is good that, again, more people play these games, like, the better. Well, I don't know, it's, but still, even then, Xbox fanboys are going to get upset. PlayStation fanboys are going to be excited over a game they said was bad. Yep. I don't know how this makes sense, but that's the world we live in. Yeah, it's just pe people don't have enough real conflict in their lives, and so they they do this these imaginary conflicts that just they don't matter at all. I mean... Granted, in the eternal scheme of things, there are a lot of things that really don't matter. Um, <laughs> video games are certainly one of those things, but it's, I'm just, I can't understand it anymore. And yes, like I've said, I used to very much be a Nintendo fanboy, like hardcore. I don't think I was ever Harmon Smith retarded. <laughs> Uh, levels of things, but I certainly was all about defending them. But yeah, even being a Nintendo fanboy, like... I can't remember where I was going with that. Um, guess it's not all that important. Anyway, um, as, as a former Nintendo fanboy yourself, do you have any thoughts on that front? Uh, I, I mean, I, 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 from the perspective of being a fanboy, I definitely can sort of see that lens of losing what you hold dear. Um, I mean, I, I can't remember what games they were, they were. I know that there were a couple, and this was primarily around the Wii U slash Switch earliest switch early switch era that i can't remember what games there were but there were a couple that were ported over and actually i think well i don't think this one was one that i really cared for but i remember wonderful 101 mm -hmm. that game got ported that was a nintendo exclusive game um and oh, there was another one i know there were i know there were a couple that were Exclusive that I was really hoping would not become multi-platform, just because I thought, you know what, people always talk about Nintendo and saying about it's like, well, we've got these games and stuff. Uh, and I really didn't want to like see this game come over. I wasn't like going ballistic online or anything like that, but I just like was saying like, man, I really hope these games don't come over because people always talk about Nintendo, and you know, it's good that we actually have games on here to play and. So, if I were to look from a fanboy perspective, I can understand how they feel. But, right. once you actually mature, and actually understand how exclusivity really only hurts you. Because you have to buy a platform that you may or may not even want to play a game. Maybe it's only just one game that you really even want. 
Right. Then once you get outside of that mentality, then you realize exclusives are ridiculous. Why do we mm. even have them? Yep. I don't know. It. Yeah. Uh, it's like, you know, I used to, I remember back in the PS1, you know, days up through basically really up through like PlayStation 3 before I started really getting heavily into PC gaming. My mentality was always with Final Fantasy that that was a Sony franchise. And like I bought PlayStation consoles primarily because I wanted to play Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts. And those were like the main things that I went for. And um, as I got older, of course, number one, I became more of a fan of, of Nintendo. Um, but two, I also found myself wanting to play other or play the games on other platforms. And when like Final Fantasy 7, 8, 9, 10, 10, 2, and 12, like all got off of PlayStation exclusively and started moving over to the Switch, I was super excited because it's like, okay, I have some more choices. I have the option to buy these games elsewhere. Because, like, for example, um, Final Fantasy XII, I loved that game on PS2, and I really wanted a handheld version, especially after Final Fantasy X and X-2 came over to the Vita. Because those were great ports. And I really wanted 12 to be on the Vita, but it just it didn't come. And then they did the Switch version, and I was so happy. I mean, granted, by that point, I had already gone through and gotten all the trophies on the PS4 version of of 12, but um, even so, it was very much a situation where it's like, okay, I have the option now to get these on a handheld device, which is way more appealing to me. And, of course, now I also can play them on, on Steam. In fact, actually, I bought 12 on Steam when that came out before the Switch version, of course, was even announced, I probably would have just gotten the Switch version if not for the fact that it was announced after the fact. Just because it was a handheld version. Now, Steam version, of course, is 60 frames per second minimum, whereas the a Switch... Or, did I say this? The Steam version is 60 frames per second minimum. The Switch version is 30, like the PS4 version, but still looks great. Um, looks and runs great for 430 per second anyway. But anyway we need to have more games come to more places and the more choices we have the better it is for us you know it's it's funny so this this video that I watched earlier today and I didn't end up watching the whole thing just because it very quickly became clear it was literally the same arguments that PlayStation fanboys were making about their exclusives coming to PC. This Xbox fanboy, you know, he's he's trying to give all these arguments about why Xbox is not going to bring their games to other platforms. And, you know, I point to the fact that, oh, well, you know, Xbox has previously ported Ori in the Blind Forest, Ori in the Will of the Wisps, and um, I mean, GoldenEye... They put Banjo-Kazooie on Switch. Um, I'm trying to think of there was something else. Oh, uh, Cuphead. You know, Cuphead, mm. Xbox exclusive as well. Got ported over. And yes, they're not first-party games. 
but they're still games that you know did well enough that they continued to port them over they didn't have to do that they were exclusive games and they did it anyway and he's like oh you're just giving the consumer answer you know like where are your sales <laughs> figures proving that that these games actually sold well it's like i don't have sales figures but the fact that they released more than one tells me that they probably sold i mean that should be pretty obvious you know, if they weren't selling them, they probably wouldn't keep porting them over. And furthermore, you have a very reputable insider who has previously gotten multiple things correct saying that this is happening, so I think he's probably right. And if he's wrong, then okay, he's wrong. Doesn't make any difference to me. I don't need this game on the Switch. I don't need Sea of Thieves on PlayStation because I don't even have a PS5. I don't care. It's like, I, I literally do not care. But what what will happen when this guy finds out that he's wrong? That all of his protesting was completely wrong? And that him, him saying that, oh, this isn't going to happen. I mean, is he going to take that L and admit he was wrong? I don't think he is. I think he's one of those guys like, oh, there's this other YouTuber... Who's, who's not, like, necessarily a fanboy. I think he's actually reasonably level-headed on that front, but he's, he's just not good at admitting he's wrong. This guy was adamant, like, absolutely adamant before the Switch was revealed that Nintendo NX was going to be a super powerful console. <laughs> and he, he, like, put out these videos, like, the final nail in the coffin about this and was taking out-of-context statements and stuff to basically try and he was desperately trying to convince everyone that, no, guys, like, for serious, Nintendo is not doing this hybrid thing that is being rumored. You know, it's, this does not match up with what Nintendo has said. And, like, I and other people in his comments were saying, look, you're taking your statements out of context. There's plenty of reason why we still can believe that these things are potentially accurate and i mean i was definitely of the opinion it didn't really matter to me either way i was gonna buy it regardless because nintendo fanboy though i wanted the hybrid because i wanted a more powerful nintendo handheld device um but it was just it was so funny when they did the switch reveal he <laughs> and another guy um who who now is is a huge uh, Nintendo YouTuber primarily. Like he does covers like Nintendo um, stuff, JRPGs, things like that. Uh, Player Essence. Shout out to him, great guy. I, I love his channel. Um, he he was also very much on that train. And when the two of them were watching the reveal of the Switch together, OJ, Player Essence, was like just laughing at himself. Because he's like, oh man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get so much, so much for this, and you know, he he turned he turned around and he he came to realize, you know, this is actually gonna be a really good thing. The other guy, you could just tell when he was watching it, he's like, I can't believe this. <laughs> it's 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 like you you could just hear the song, "Hello Darkness, My Friend." <laughs> And, um, you know, it's like, as 
as he's watching this, he's just like in shock and denial that this is happening. And furthermore, he was he was insistent that it was going to be AMD based and not Nvidia based. And sure enough, after it was revealed, they said officially <laughs> that it was Nvidia based, and it was just it was hilarious. And but the thing is, is that this guy has been on the same train since the Switch was actually revealed, saying that there was a Switch, a more powerful Switch coming. And he kept saying, Switch Pro, Switch Pro, Switch Pro for years. And then, it, and then you know, it finally got to a point where it's like, okay, I can't really kiss say Switch Pro anymore, so now he's talking about the Switch 2. And it's just yes. like, this is his gimmick. He, he talks about the more powerful, and this is all he covers for years. I mean, this has been since, I think, 2015 is when he started the whole powerful system thing, you know, when, when NX was first announced before we even got the Switch reveal and everything else, and he's just been stuck on this shtick ever since. He just never moved on past it. And, I mean, I'm sure he does well enough. I unsubscribed from him years ago when he just kept... Like, he, he wouldn't even admit that he was actually wrong about the thing. He just kept insisting that there's still a more powerful Switch coming. And I remember that there was, like, this one time from Tokyo Game Show, I think it was... It was probably 2017... You know, he was insistent that there was going to be a PSP3 and that it was going to be revealed at Tokyo Game Show, which was like airing at like 3 a.m. U.S. time. And he was just insistent, it's going to be revealed here. There was nothing, absolutely <laughs> nothing revealed at that show. Like zero zip zilch. And it's just this guy's taking constant L's, but he just will not admit that he was wrong and like i i just i can't i can't stand people who just are unwilling to admit that they're wrong there's nothing wrong with being wrong it's it's not a big deal it's like take the l and move on it's as simple as that that's why you see oj player essence he he took the l he was completely wrong he was able to laugh at himself for being so wrong and then he moved on, and he's been successful ever since. And now he's doing, I mean, he's been doing YouTube full-time for years. And yeah, and he found his niche. You know, he covers Japanese RPGs, Nintendo, PlayStation, things like that. But, you know, it's like, this is his niche, and, and like, more power to him. I'm glad he found something that works for him. And he was able to recover from his whole thing of... Um, I mean, you know, from, from being so wrong with, with all of his, his stuff about about NX being super powerful and everything, you know, he recovered from it, and he moved on, and he's done really well ever since. And I think the other guy, every time I see one of his videos pop up on my feed, it's always the same topic. Every single time. And I, I just wonder, it, it seems like this has to be exhausting to just cover the same topic for eight years and just be like I, I'm i serious guys this time this time <laughs> it's, it's still happening I promise you it's still happening and obviously there you know he must get enough views to where he feels it's justified but oh boy <laughs> anyway that's that's uh, some stuff I've been holding in for, for years um, moving on uh, any other thoughts before we go into the next topic? 
Uh, no, no. I think I think we did some good covering up these uh, fanboys. Indeed. All right. So going into, um, I guess we can kind of stay on the Xbox train a little bit. Just keep that going. So there is going to be an Xbox Developer Direct next Thursday, January eighteenth. Um, they've already confirmed a few things that are going to be covered. Specifically, of course, we're going to see some stuff on Hellblade 2, which I'm guessing we'll probably get a release date um, since that's supposed to be coming out this year. Indiana Jones game that's being developed by Machine Games, who is best known for um, doing the Wolfenstein games, is going to be revealed. Uh, Avowed, I, I believe, is going to be shown off some more, which is being developed by Obsidian. Looks pretty cool, of course. And I'm not sure what else, but Indiana Jones in and of itself, I'm like, I want to see that. I want to see what they're going to do with that. Because I am sure, well, I guess I should say I'm hoping that they're not going to uh, emasculate him like Disney did um, in the last film. And that they'll actually treat him with respect, which I'm sure that they probably will, because... I just, I have a lot more faith in them, especially after, you know, the Wolfenstein games versus what, uh, when, when you have someone who hates George Lucas and everything he stands for that emasculates every <laughs> single one of his male characters. You know, I, I think that we're going to get a true Indiana Jones game. I'm looking forward to seeing what that is. But, and then, <clears throat> once again, I really liked the first Hellblade. Looking forward to seeing... Uh, release date for the second one I'm already sold on it and then Avowed I've been interested in that since the initial trailer and even though the art style has changed dramatically I still think that it looks like it's going to be fantastic and Obsidian makes great games so anyway your thoughts um, yeah I definitely think it'll be interesting to see some of these games I'm actually very skeptical about Indiana Jones um Primarily, as you mentioned, because of how he was treated in Dial of Destiny. Additionally, even though it's Machine Games working on it, they also made Wolfenstein Youngblood. Right. And so that's partially why I'm still kind of skeptical. I want it to be good, but I also do not want to get burns either. So I'm going to wait and see on that one. Um, Hellblade 2, I'm interested in seeing. I still need to actually play the first game, though, so that's actually yeah. something I, I shame myself for not playing that. I mean, it's a short game. You can you can easily knock it out in a single day. It's, it's you know, about six hours long. You can 100% okay. it in that time. Okay. But uh, I, I am definitely interested, but I am definitely interested in seeing more in that game, because that definitely seems interested, and I mean, I'm very curious to see if there's something else that they might even tease. In. I mean, I know that they've already so far hinted tease and they've announced stuff. Like, I know they've got other games like, um, oh gosh, what was that? I know there was one game that they had announced. I can't remember what it was, um, but I also know that they additionally had, um, uh, Fable. That was another game that they had True. so they could also reveal that yeah was <sighs> correct me if i'm wrong but did they 
announced something for Perfect Dark previously. I they announced they it, but they haven't showed anything on it in a while. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's possible we could see something on it. But... Yeah. I, I So, I mean, maybe they could show something else, but, but maybe it'll just be those games specifically, though, that they'll primarily focus on. But uh, it definitely is possible we would also get, as you mentioned, get some release date so that also would be nice to see yeah either way, I, I mean I I would I think it would be hilarious even though I don't think it's gonna happen here if they announced the port of hi-fi rush to switch and the port <laughs> of sea of thieves to PlayStation mm-hmm. said you know in it in, in, to work well with our our partners I mean, you know with, with I mean Basically, because we want we want to include more people, and so we're going to you know, something to that effect. I just I the one reason I want to see it is because I want to see the meltdown from the Xbox fanboys, and <laughs> and or the just utter denial, like the you know the unwillingness to admit that it, that it's actually happening. I want to see that, and I don't know. I'm just I'm getting so tired of fanboys. I just people need to to just get a life find something else to do with your time it's like why don't you just play your games instead of twitter doing stuff on twitter about them i mean stop arguing about video games and just play them who cares i mean really who cares just play the games if you if you legitimately enjoy the games you enjoy your platform play your games but I, I do still want to see some some coping on that front. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, like Sony, they haven't been they haven't been revealing their their PC stuff in their big presentations anymore. They haven't done that in a while. I think the last time they did was with uh, Spider Man Remastered and Miles Morales. Actually, no. Then again, Miles Morales was actually revealed, that, but Spider Man Remastered was revealed in one of their either showcases or their state of play. I can't remember which it was, but I remember the salt on that one was just <laughs> glorious. It was fantastic, and I was so happy, but I don't think that they've done any of their reveals of the PC ports since that time. I think that they must have just gotten enough backlash to where they decided to just keep them separate. <laughs> which is unfortunate <laughs> for us, but at the same time, um, I mean... We're still getting them. Oh, and yeah. Obviously, you know, no matter what Xbox reveals, it's not really going to impact us on PC because we're already getting all their games. And there's some good games in there. So, like, I got I got no problem with that. None whatsoever. All right, but let's, let's go ahead and move on into the next topic here. And this one is more of a fun one. I have not had a chance to actually play it yet, but there is a long-worked-on, fan-made prequel to Portal 2 called Portal Revolution, which is now available for free. And I'm definitely planning to check this out. I just haven't yet, mostly because I haven't decided if I want to play it... um, like take a short break from Metal Gear Solid 5 in order to play this because I know it's short or if I want to 
just wait until I'm done with Metal Gear Solid. Um, but I, I guess we'll kind of see. R right now, I, I, I think maybe like if I get to a point where I'm on a level where I'm really frustrated with Metal Gear Solid, then maybe I'll take a break and then play through this. But either way, I'm looking forward to checking it out. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? I am... I mean, it's definitely quite a surprise to see um, it, the fact that someone... I mean, Valve definitely has fans that really enjoy the game. So we've seen this before, mm -hmm. like, with Black Mesa. Yep. You know, fans went ma remade Half-Life 1. Mm -hmm. um, so definitely fans really enjoy the games, and they really want more. Valve doesn't necessarily give us more, but fans will do what they can uh, just to provide everyone with more content so it's great seeing that we have this here uh the fact that this you know is more or less even though it's technically a mod because you do actually need to have a copy of uh portal 2 to play this um but still the fact that you get essentially a fully fleshed game that you know you probably could see sold by valve themselves i think mm -hmm. that's great um and the fact that, you know, even that was mentioned is the fact that stuff is being in the done in the in this game that you technically couldn't even do in the original Portal 2. Right. Um, so I think that's great that they're even being creative with what they're doing here. Similar to you, I haven't downloaded it yet. I am probably going to try to do that over the weekend, mm -hmm. um, if not sooner, just to at the very least set it up. Uh, I Because it's a mod, I don't know if how what steps you need to do so i definitely want to look into that there but i am looking forward to giving this a try because i enjoyed portal one i can't remember if i've been in portal two but i've definitely played a good portion of it and i have enjoyed that as well um so i'm definitely certain that i would enjoy this game as well well i have an assignment for you oh <laughs> When you finish Portal Revolution, play all the way through Portal Two. After that, I mean, it does. I mean, it doesn't have to be you know all in one day or whatever, but you need to because Portal Two is so so good. I mean, honestly, it's one of the few games I would consider a ten out of ten. It's just it's that good, all across the board, and there's so, there's so much to it, even even without the the co op stuff and. I'll say, if you ever get to a point that you want to try doing the co-op stuff, I will do it with you. Because uh, I, I think I've gone through all the co-op levels before, but it's been like at least 10 years since I went through all that, so it's, uh, it's been a long time, and there's still achievements tied to the co-op that I've never gotten, so. Anyway, but yes, I you, you have to play Portal 2. You have to. <laughs> I'm telling you, you have to. And it's not super long anyway. I mean, it's it's oh, definitely yeah. longer than the first Portal, but it's it's not, like, long, long. I, yeah. I mean, playing through it again on the Switch, I, I don't remember exactly how long it took me. I want to say it was probably, like, maybe six or seven hours, something like that. And I, I didn't really remember the solutions to most of the puzzles, so there's that. Anyway, um, let's see here. So, 
I guess in terms of the remaining couple of news items we have here, these are both just really optional. But I do kind of want to mention there's this uh, indie title that's supposed to be coming up, which is looking very much like another day before situation, where it's a big fat scam. Um, this one's not quite as complicated. I'm not going to get into all the details. What I am going to do is I'm going to make sure that I link in the description of both the audio and video version. Uh, the videos where this YouTube, small YouTube channel called Nuion, I, it's, per, it's spelled N-U-I-O-N, covers um, basically how this game called The Quinfall the entire trailer that they put out is made up of entirely reused assets that they purchased through the Unity store. And there is nothing about it to indicate this is actually a real game. And they're saying that um, it will be, there will be a free beta for people that they specifically select and those people will be required to sign an NDA so they won't be able to talk about the game at all. And then there will be a a, a second beta that are early, early access, which will be required, I mean, people will have to pay in order to play. And there's just a lot of red flags about this. I, I, I don't want to get into all the details because honestly, I didn't, haven't written everything down and I don't really want to spend as much time on this as, as we did with the day before. But I will just say, I will link those videos in the description. Definitely check these out. These videos aren't super long. They're like, I think each one's about 20 minutes. But it really just goes through and shows off, shows all the things that are basically just like unaltered assets from, I mean, they, they were purchased from a store. Basically, the rough math he did based on the costs of these various pre-made uh, assets that the person who put together the trailer probably spent around maybe $2,000 and all they have to do is get like if, if they sell the early access at 100 bucks you know they get they can if they fool 20 people they they've already made their money back um and i just I'm telling you, everything about this, this is definitely, I would say it's like 99% guaranteed to be a scam. Even if, even if the game comes out in the same way that the day before did, where it came out, but it wasn't like a real <laughs> game. Um, I just, this is a scam. This is, don't waste your money on it. Just giving you guys a heads up ahead of time. Well, the one or two random people who actually listen to our podcast anyway. Um, the Quinfall. Stay away from it. You see it. Stay away from it. That's all I'm going to say on that front. Any thoughts on your end? Yeah, I mean, n nothing really major, but I guess I should say is for... Use some common sense with projects. Um, don't just look at something and say, wow, this looks great. I, I mean, just use some critical thinking. Um... If something, and it, if something seems a little off, or even if something doesn't seem off, just wait a little bit. Like this is, this isn't something that is, 
or would be content that's limited for a certain amount of time. It's okay to wait and see how something is before you actually buy it to know if it actually is worth your money. Um, so definitely do that. Like again, this not just for this project, but for any other project where something is new, where it claims to do the next big thing. Um, definitely do not do not sink money into this or anything else similar of that nature. Right. I forgot to mention one thing with this game, <clears throat> this quote unquote game is that it's supposed to be an MMORPG. Um, none of what they showed in the trailer indicated it was an MMO. They just showed basically, you know, one character fighting you know, random enemies using all pre-rendered effects that had been literally purchased from uh, from uh, various packs through like the Unity store. And um, and then like the, the one time that they showed something that looked like it was supposed to be a bunch of people all fighting against this massive boss, like a big raid kind of thing. Um, it was basically a bunch of the same character model using more of those pre-made effects, and the boss itself uh, was literally a pre-made boss, and all the all the things that it was doing were exactly the same as the animations and the look and everything else of the ones you could buy from the Unity store. So. It's a scam. Scam, 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 scam. <laughs> Alright. Well. We do have more layoffs. Coming from Unity. And other places. Do we want to talk about that some more? Or do you feel like we've beaten this horse to death? I guess I guess we've essentially beaten it to death. I mean, sadly this is something that is continuing into the air so yeah and i mean hopefully i doubt it but hopefully this will be the end of it but probably sad, the sad thing is the fact that it's so common that could you even really call it news at this point right exactly that's how i feel about it as well it sucks that people are getting laid off layoffs happen right now we're in a terrible economy as it is and then you know, on on top of that, of course, we have Unity trying to pull their fast one on people and getting a bunch of backlash and losing a bunch of customers as a result. So I don't want to seem like we don't care about the people who are going through this. That's not the case. It's just it's hard to keep basically repeating the same things that we've said before. I hope that everyone who is getting laid off, is able to land on their feet, find something else, leverage their previous work to find a better job. Plain and simple. So. Alright, you got any other thoughts before we close out for the night? Um, no sir. Alright, recommendations and dissuasions. Alright, so my recommendation... Oh gosh. Uh, so actually, I I definitely did have one, but for some reason it just suddenly went blank in my mind. So I'm just gonna go first. One. Hmm. Do you need me to go first, and then you can bring yours back whenever? Or actually, yeah, yeah, you, you go first, and then I'll okay. see if it pops back. So, in my mind. all right. So my recommendation. It's actually a couple things. Um, 
I'm doing two things only because I forgot to recommend one of them last week. Um, but it's actually two movies that I had picked up for cheap recently uh, for Christmas movie. I mean, movies that I got for Christmas that were both cheap that I hadn't previously seen. One of those is a movie that came out, I believe, either last year or the year before called Free Guy. It's with Ryan Reynolds. Um, it's basically about an NPC in a game who more or less becomes self-aware. Um, that Essentially, that's kind of what it is. Um, but anyway, it's super, super entertaining movie. Um, if you're a fan of video games, it's, it's a great movie to watch. And it's just, it's really funny. Really funny. Really, really good. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, and then the other movie that I want to recommend, this one actually came out about 10 years ago. And it is called Live, Die, Repeat, also, also otherwise known as Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. Um, fantastic movie. Fantastic sci-fi movie. I, I'm not going to really get into the plot because I, I think that it's more interesting to just watch it without necessarily knowing exactly what it's about. But... Definitely two movies worth checking out. So that's my recommendation. Yeah, and I'll also co-sign off on Live, Die, Repeat. That that definitely was good. Um, haven't seen Free Guy yet, though. So Really good. Uh, really, really good. check that one out. It's, it, it is hilarious. I mean, it is one of the funniest movies. And there's, like, nothing about it that is, like, modern politics. You know, it's just, it's legitimately just a good movie. So, really enjoyed it. I'm actually glad that you went first because you actually reminded me of what it was that I wanted to say. And that is, if you can find some good sales, buy DVDs or Blu-rays from Best Buy because they've already started pulling stock off of their uh, in-store stores. Uh, so if you can find something online or if you happen to even just go to your local Best Buy and find anything, if anything's available, and it's for a good sale, you know, take advantage of it, buy it up. Because Best Buy, sadly, is getting rid of all their physical media, so do what you can to preserve what you want. Yeah, I'll definitely have to do that. I'm going to have to wait till after the next time I get paid because my last paycheck was basically mortgage. Yay. <laughs> but hey, at least I'm not paying rent. I'm, I'm glad about that. That, that, is, that is definitely um, true. Yes. But um, yeah, I definitely want to. I mean, I'll, I'll keep my eyes peeled at least, see if there's anything else. I did, you know, I think I got like eight or nine movies during Christmas is what I bought. And they were all cheap. So I'll keep my eyes peeled, though, see if there's anything else that pops up. I'm still hoping that they'll that they'll do a good discount on the latest Mission Impossible uh, because I really enjoyed that. But if they don't, I'll just wait until they have the second part of the latest one that is coming out, I think, this summer. Um, and when they have them both together as a single pack, then I'll just buy them together. But, um, yeah. Uh, Dissuasion. Do you have a Dissuasion? I had one. I th I think I actually want to change mine uh, just okay. because of top our topics. And uh, granted, something that we've talked about <laughs> quite a bit, but 
I think it really just cannot be emphasized enough. Do not be such a fanboy that you can't enjoy what you enjoy. I mean, even something that you mentioned tonight about about someone being so adamant that they really could not, that they had no, that the thought of something actually happening went against their thought process. I mean, seriously, I, I, it reminded me of back when I was on Twitter, one guy, when the Kingdom Hearts series was going to be ported over to Xbox. This, this guy said, it's so strange seeing this go to Xbox. It's always it's always been a PlayStation series, and I responded, "What about these games?" And I sh I posted four pictures of the Nintendo Kingdom Hearts games, <laughs> and he said, "Oh well, I completely forgot about those games. That you know, I don't don't remember them even existing." And I'm like, considering the fact that at least two of them were big parts of the story. And had characters that really emphasize that really uh, set up events for other characters in other games. You forgot about these games just because it wasn't PlayStation. Mm -hmm. So, really, don't be a fanboy to that degree that you really just can't enjoy it. I mean, I think that the fact that you can't even enjoy the games that you really love. Just because someone else can play it is really right. sad. So don't do that. Like, <laughs> you know what? I'm even going to say this right now. And part of it is because I'm kind of selfish too. Because I really want this. Because this is just going to benefit me. I would love if Metroid went to other platforms. Amen. And you know, and part of the reason I say this is because that would also mean I could get it on PC as well. Mm-hmm. I would love that. So, if more people play it, that's great. And the sad part, though, is also the fact that I probably would even buy a copy on each platform just because. <laughs> but seriously, though, enjoy your games. Don't be such a fanboy that you really just can't even enjoy the games that you say that you love. That's all I got Agreed. Agreed. Yes, that's actually, you basically took my dissuasion, but oh, no. um, that's not a problem because I, let me, let me just think for a second whether I want to just add on to what you've already said or uh, do something different, but um, I'm not mad that you took my dissuasion. I mean, it's a good dissuasion, so. Let me just think for a second whether or not I have something else I can pull out of my sleeve in the meantime. Um, I guess just... I, I, I'll just basically add on to that. So, I agree. Do not be a fanboy for a plastic box. Do not be a fanboy for a corporation who doesn't know who you are, who doesn't care about you. Just take your time to enjoy the games you have. When you get a new game that's fun and that's great, enjoy it. If other people get it, rejoice with them. You know, like talk about it and let it be something that bonds you instead of being something where you, you have to be this petulant child who whines and complains because somebody else gets that same shiny toy that you got. 
Instead, just enjoy your shiny toy and be glad that other people can enjoy it too, and then talk about it together. I mean, one of the best things when it comes to this hobby, or when it comes to any hobby that you have in common with someone, is just talking with them about it and being able to nerd out for a while. It's like, it's fun. That's why we do this. That's why we do this podcast. That's why we talk about video games. It's because it's fun. We enjoy them, and we enjoy talking about them. And sometimes, you might even find out something that you didn't know was a thing. You know, you find out about, like, secrets in a game that you didn't know existed, or find out about the ability to stack items that you didn't know you could do before. Or you find out that there's a way to quickly unlock doors that you didn't know you could do before. Um, or, you know, to quickly pick locks. You know, there's... There's so much fun with this hobby, and I think if more people would just stop being fanboys for plastic boxes and for corporations and just enjoy their games and talk with people about these games that they enjoy and not hate on people because they happen to enjoy a game that you hate or, or that, that you don't like because it's on another plastic box or, or because even because you just legitimately played it and didn't like it. You know, things would be a lot better, but I know that this is just a symptom of the world in which we live. And the fact that we're so comfortable, especially here in the U.S., where we have so much, so much freedom and so little real conflict that we have to make up conflicts about these completely trivial things like video games and which video game box you happen to have or don't have and which video game ex exclusive you know, you have over the other... It's just... Stop wasting your time on this stuff. Please. Get a hobby. Get a life. Probably in many cases, get a wife. <laughs> I mean, it's just like... You know... Yeah. I, I won't even get into, obviously, the issues that can potentially come from trying to find a wife nowadays, but... Thankfully, I, I found my wife very young. You know, I was 19 when I met my wife and have had a great almost 15 years of marriage and been with her now for, let's see, was it 17? Yes, 17 years, a little over 17 years. So, anyway. Which, oh, congratulations. Yep, thank you. Yep, we'll be celebrating 15 years of marriage in May. So... Um, good stuff. We're planning whenever we get to our 20th to go to Japan. We have to save up You've for it. Yes. yes. Well, I mean, we, we've both wanted to for a long time. It's just, it's expensive. And then, of course, we have to find, you know, someone to watch the kids. Because we're, we're not taking the kids with us for <laughs> you know, that long of a trip and that expensive of a trip and everything. But the plan is we're going to save up and go for our 20th anniversary and go enjoy some stuff and you can yes. of course give us some tips of places we should check out but <laughs> I definitely want to do that eventually so I think five years is enough time to where we should theoretically be able to save up for it assuming you know that we don't have like some other plague like COVID or whatever pop up that basically makes it completely pointless to try to go there 
All right. That is all I have to say. So you got anything else? Just one quote. Um, the context is different, but I still think that it actually applies here. The game is fun. If it's not fun, why bother? Nintendo president, president Reggie Fils-Aimé. Yep. It's wise words. All right, so where can people find you? You all can find me on my channel. I am Zeracon. That's I-A-M-X-E-R-A-C-O-N. So you can just type in youtube.com forward slash at I am Zeracon. I am trying to put out videos every week or something like that. Um, just because of how I went to handle my videos now, there might be a little bit of a longer gap, but aiming for at least one video a week. Put out one earlier this week, probably about a couple days ago, just talking about a little fun thing about uh, comparing who I would rather fight, Spider-Man or Batman, uh, in context. So you can check that out. And I have one idea in the works that I'll see. It might come out Saturday, might come out a little later, but we'll see what happens there. Sounds good. All right, well, you can find me youtube.com slash at thefrozengamer87. Um, there I have been putting out these uh, OLED comparison videos. Mostly I've been doing Switch OLED versus Steam Deck OLED. Uh, my most recent one was Vita OLED versus the Steam Deck OLED. Um, all of them have been doing really well. I think the, the lowest views I have is about 1,800 views on the most recent one I put out. Uh, really appreciate all the support so far on that front. Um, I'm hoping eventually it'll start turning into subscribers, but I'm not really expecting anything. I'm just doing this for fun. It, and it's a good opportunity for me to just do something I wanted to do. Because I really wanted to do stuff with the Steam Deck when I first got that. Um, the, the original one in, in uh, 2022? Yeah, 2022. Um, but I just missed the boat. And so... Now that I ha I got the Steam Deck OLED and I've been motivated, I've just been putting out these videos and I'm, I, I've recorded. I, I still have, I think, one or two more that are already recorded, and then I have a bunch more planned. So, um, gonna be lots of content. Still planning to just do one every week. Next one is probably gonna be Borderlands Two since I already have that recorded. Um, but either way. It's good stuff. It's it's just fun to to see those comparisons, and um, just give people an idea of of how the games look and run on each platform. So, not really intended to be a fanboy thing over one or the other. I love both the Steam Deck and the Switch OLED, and Vita OLED as well for all their different reasons, their different games, all that. But it's just kind of cool to see the differences there. So. There's that, and then of course, also, as I've mentioned the past couple weeks, I also have a fairly newly launched cooking channel called Not Authentic But Delicious. Um, that is youtube.com slash at N-A-B-D cooking. Um, so far, I put out recipes for an Indian-inspired curry and refried beans and Mexican rice. And next week, uh, the recipe that's coming up is my So Hardy It Broke the Ladle Chili. <laughs> um, 
and it literally did. I I made it for a work chili uh, competition early last year, and uh, the ladles that they were trying to use. I'm thankfully I had I had brought my own, but they they were the one that they used was a was a cheap plastic ladle, and as I was trying to stir it with that ladle, it broke. So, uh, because, because the chili is so hearty, it's got three different kinds of beans, two different kinds of meat, um, like four different kinds of vegetables. Let's see here. Onions, green bell peppers, red bell peppers, and corn. I mean, I, corn's technically a grain, but you know, <laughs> um, and it's just, it's super hearty, super flavorful. You can make a bunch of it, freeze most of it, and then you just got meals to last you for months. It's fantastic. It's really good. It's not difficult. Um, and it's well worth it. But yeah. So look forward to that. I I'm, I have one per week planned. Right now I have one already scheduled for each week of January. And I haven't uh, edited any more. But I do have like at least seven or eight more that are already recorded. And just need to be put together and uploaded. So, um, having a good time with that. All right. Um, any final thoughts before we finish out completely for the night? No, sir. Well, I am the Frozen Gamer 87. That is I am Zaracon. We are the Orange Box Podcast. And until next time, on the 20th anniversary of the day that will forever live in infamy, never forget the strong mad under drawer drawer scare of Ot4. Orange Box Podcast, out. Out.